Hi there. Uh, this is my own little shot at a well-known internet genre, The Rant. And uh, it is about uh, biological ancestry and DNA testing, my little rant here. <laughs> my name is Arun Jan Rasmussen, I'm a historian of religion, and you can Patreon support my, my work with trying to renew our knowledge of Nordic history, history of religions and uh, folklore as rejected animist knowledge forms, if you're interested. Right. Uh, I found this book here in uh, my parents' house. It is a kind of a, a family book uh, that somebody in my family procured sometime in, in the 1970s. And it claims that I or we belong to a, a family called the Breum family, which comes from a man called Ole Breum, who lived in the early 19th century. Uh, he had uh, three wives uh, through his life and therefore had a heaps, heaps of kids. Here's the thing, at the time when this man lived, I had about 250 ancestors. Why him? Because the fact is that, you know, we're just Danish peasants. We, you know, we, we don't have any family name or, you know, in the old, day, a man, the old days, a man was just called after his father. So if a man was called Peter and his father was called Paul, then Peter Paulson it was, you know. And sometimes you'll flick a village name in there to know where somebody came from. Uh, like this Breum, uh, is actually a name of a small town. And since this man had many children, then he had many descendants. So this book here could probably have been sold to quite a lot of people. You know, this company maybe had an archive and perhaps 80% of the book could just be copied to, to quite a lot of people, actually. And, and, um, uh, look how this company selling the book makes it appear all kind of medieval and lofty, you know, this kind of wooden box with a this completely ugly ass crest, which is really the logo of the company, you know. In the mid 70s, you know what this cost? This book here? It cost about a month's pay. You know, it's quite expensive thing. And it's sort of, the thing is that it sort of claims to give you some sort of myth of belonging. There's a tribe that you belong to or something like that, but it's really just bullshit. I mean, all the people in here beyond, you know, the family that I know and know of, I'm zero connection with them. And, and uh, there isn't any cultural structure here in Denmark that would even warrant that there's a feeling of togetherness or coherence between the descendants of Ole Breum, you know. Yeah, but, 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 kinship trees, that is not where this story ends, because then gene testing has landed on us, and the possibilities to sell people shite has just been explosively multiplied. Now, I'm seeing a lot of people who are taking these gene tests to create a sense of self by adding some ancient origin or authenticity to it somehow. And this trend is, is worrying because it, it affirms racist ideas, actually. And I'm not calling you a racist for taking such a test. I'm just saying that the, race that, that the ideas that underlie this testing intersect with uh, racist notions. But you know what? That, that might actually not be the worst thing about these texts. It's quite bad. But here comes something that just might be worse. Now, let me draw a little picture for you. A little sort of thought experiment. Like, you're a businessman. You want to make money by creating a database of human DNA. 
that's a very lucrative investment of resources these days. So, and it's useful for a lot of purposes, not all of which are morally high-end, by the way. So how do you get your greasy little hands on a lot of people's DNA? How do you do that? Do you just write them and say, Dear sir, may I have your DNA, please? Here is a cotton swab. You just rub it on the inside of your cheek, um, put it in a little plastic tube and stick it in the enclosed envelope. And we're so grateful for your help. And we'll even give you a little incentive of perhaps $200 or something like that. Do you do that? Do you think that will work? No, it wouldn't. It would not work. And why is that? Because people would feel that they would be selling something that's deeply personal, an essence, something inside themselves, a code that underlies their being somehow, you know, almost like selling your soul. They won't do it. I'm sure of it. So what do you do instead? Well, you turn the whole thing around. You turn it upside down. Instead of wanting that from people, you're offering to give them that. Give them that something that's deeply personal, an essence, by reading that code that lies deep inside their cells. So you're giving them an, an origin or a promise of belonging or something like this, and uh, basically offer them uh, some pseudoscientific shite. If they pay you 200 US dollars, and then somewhere in the 16 pages of legal language, as terms of sale, they just tick when you accept it. It just says that the company now has the right to save your DNA and use it for whatever purpose they like. Problem solved. You now may, you now may people pay you to give you the DNA. You know, if you want to make a clone that mixes somebody's DNA with a mutant maggot, you know, then go ahead. As long as you sing a song for them, tell them a bedside, bedside story, a bedtime story, you know, of who I could be, something adventurous. I'm really a pirate king or a Mesopotamian princess or a, a Viking or whatever the flip, you know? Some mystical figure from some, from some fantastic prehistoric never-never land that allows me to, you know, dream myself away from this tediously middle-class existence. You know? And voila, you know, I'm scrolling down my feet all innocent and happy and I encounter these kind of advertisements. Now, she might be a nice woman, I don't know her. But look at what she represents here. I mean, look at that blank face. So hipster, yet so enlightened by having found her identity because some godforsaken scamsters are telling her that she's really some sort of proto-Celtic Ice Age huntress or something like that because they've read it in her genes. Now, from a cultural research point of view, this whole setup is pure bollocks. Your phenotype or, and your haplogroups uh, do not code your identity or your culture. Racialization might, you know, but that's a social invention. It's not a nature-given thing. Uh, uh, so from a scholarly perspective, this is just scamming people. You know, and I would really like to hear if it would perhaps also count as pseudoscience from a biological, genetic perspective. I don't understand that so much. Uh, but I know the libraries of human uh, genomes and, and there are signals in these libraries that indicate specific geographic origins and so on. But there are also uncertainties involved. So, I mean, please, you know, if you're an educated geneticist, then please do come and tell me that it's not also absolutely pseudoscientific from a genetic perspective to um, 
map genetic ancestry like this and go, go around telling somebody that you're like 14.6% Finnish. Um, now, that might be okay. It might be all right. I'm, I'm not, I don't have the competence to talk about that. But from a cultural science, science perspective, there's no question. To sell people the idea that they're 14.6% Finnish because of their genome, genome is just bollocks. You, your genes do not make you 34% Saxon and 14.6% Finnish and 20.7% Irish and so on. I seriously think that this business ought to be illegal for the simple reason that it's scamming people to give their DNA, DNA by selling them this nonsense. Nonsense that happens to build on and thereby actually sort of reaffirm, affirm what is basically racist ideas. The notion that our, our cultural being is defined by some ineffable essence in our biology, you know, deep in our genes. It's nonsense, 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 you know? Your genes are not who you are. Racialization in history has made genetics into something that defines us, but that's a new invention. Is the right is the racialization that caused it, not the genes? And and this racialization is a high, highly problematic thing. You know, it's one that that decent people should try to resist and and, and free us from. Now, biological ancestry it looks like this: the number of ancestors. Uh, is doubled in each generation because each person has two parents, right? So if we, if we project that backwards, then the result will be that in the time of Harold the Bluetooth, I would potentially have had about one trillion biological ancestors. That's a thousand billions or a million millions, right? Which of course there weren't that many people in those days aren't even today, you know. So when 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 people make up um, uh, some weird story that that they're really the descendants of Sigurd the Dragon Slayer and Ragnar the Lothbrog and 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 so on and so forth, yes, you are. If that person existed, then you are, and and so is probably every other person. You're also the descendants of all the slaves that lived in, in the Viking Age and the Middle Ages and people from all over the planet. And, and uh, you know, saying that you're the descendant, for instance, of Ragnar Lothbrok, that doesn't make more sense than saying that you're the descendant of the Prophet Muhammad, actually. You know, the, the, uh, the family uh, line of the Prophet, peace be upon him, <laughs> was allegedly uh, married into the uh, European royal families after the Spanish Reconquista. I'm not sure if how, uh, uh, with what certainty that can be that claim can be made, but there are some people who say this. So kings in every generation had myriads of illegitimate children in every single generation, which is uh, why it's particularly easy to claim ancestry to someone like Ronald Lothbrok. He was a king, so he had uh, his children, has had many more children than everybody else, and so on down through history. So, like, like in every single royal generation, and this means that we are all most particularly descendant from royal houses, and well, you know, if the bloodline of Muhammad was actually mixed into that, then, then so there you have it. You know? So <sighs> let's try to consider what actual ancestry is, like real ancestry, the dead that came before us. I think it might be a topic for another video, but I would just like throw out a couple of thoughts from a, um, an animist perspective. And that is that, that uh, cultures tend to conceptualize ancestry uh, as uh, as um, 
in a way that's actually quite opposite to this sort of racializing idea that there is 14.6% finishness inside me because of some genome thing. You know, um, the, the notion of, of ancestry is much more about otherness, that we come from others somehow. And sometimes uh, that will be ethnic others, like the Norwegian kings They uh, in the Middle Ages. They emphasized that their ancestors were actually Sami, right? Uh, and, and sometimes it will be animals. There's this common idea that in uh, totemism that perhaps we're bear people because we intermarry with with bears. I know I know a guy who uh, studies this particular stuff, and and that is the same across what we would today call ethnic borders. Both Finns and Swedes have this idea when they're living in in the same areas that they descend from from bears. Uh, there, there could also be ideas that that uh, we descend from trolls or giants. You also find that there's a general focus on otherness when people talk about uh, ancestry. But I would also suggest, you know, perhaps thinking about uh, ancestry as cultural. Who are the people that created the world that we live in? The people who sang into being, you know, the structure of, of reality that we all inhabit. Um, and I think in that sense, you know, our ancestors are the people who created, you know, the contemporary Western world, the Atlantic world, the founding fathers of the American Revolution, for instance. The ideologues of the French Revolution, the Haitian Revolution, Voltaire, Kant, you know, Plato, Equiano, the feminists, the unionists, the republicans, you know, the, even the fascists. You know, let's look at one part of, uh, of the world that, that uh, our ancestors uh, created for us, the um, contemporary notion of liberty or freedom. Now, that is so important that, that wars are being fought and blood is being spilled for that concept. It was shaped partly in reflection of the horror of colonial slavery in, in, in the early industrialization. So um, the, the people that gave us that concept, well, maybe that was also enslaved Africans who gave us freedom with their blood and suffering. Perhaps in a sense that, that is part of our ancestry too. And also their thinkers that are sometimes overlooked through processes of whitewashing, such as Frederick Douglass and Elaura Equiano, perhaps they are also our ancestors. Romans were our ancestors. They gave us legal systems that lived on. Uh, the, the, the Greeks gave us uh, philosophy and, and thoughts, uh, thought structures that live on still today in changed forms, of course. Of course. The, and, and also perhaps the, the Vikings, uh, who of course weren't just colonizers, they were perhaps even more poets. You know, they, they actually uh, created some of the most advanced poetry that human thought has ever perceived. And uh, we still, Northern Europeans, we still speak languages that come from, from these people. Also, English language has had a very important influence from, from that kind of people. So um, when we look for identity, perhaps you forget about all these quacks and snake oil salesman, salesman who wants to make you believe all that stuff about genetics. And consider the riches, richness of where we're really from. You know, we're from Raven and Fox and Bear and Benjamin Franklin and Marx and Freud and Ficino and Spinoza and Egil Scalagrimson too. You know, that is, that, that is, is, I think, a better way of thinking about ancestry. Right, that was a little rant.
or I don't know how ranty it was, but um, yes, you're very welcome to uh, follow and share my work uh, on uh, social media. You can follow me on Facebook and YouTube uh, primarily, and Patreon support me if you want. So um, this is the Nordic Animism channel, where I'm mostly focused on um, as, uh, putting new animist anthropology onto uh, Nordic history religions and trying to create new perspectives, uh, both for analytical scientific understanding of um, Nordic history religions, but also for more contemporary ways of engaging and or more direct ways of engaging and, and relating with uh, Nordic history religions. That's it. Thank you very much for watching and see you around.